Welcome to the weekly Dharma Talk podcast from the Columbus Karmateksum Choling Buddhist Meditation Center. This week's Dharma Talk is entitled Karma Chagme Rinpoche, Tibet's 17th century Mahasiddha and author of Mountain Dharma by Kathy Lamo Jackson. In this Dharma Talk, Kathy Lamo gives us an introduction to the life and activity of Karma Chagme. Sources include Karma Chakme's Mountain Dharma by Kempo Karta Rinpoche and Quintessence of Mahamudra and Dzogchen by Kempo Karta Rinpoche. If you like our Dharma Talk series, please consider donating to Columbus Karma Texam Choling at columbusktc.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Kathy Lamo Jackson. I'm one of the meditation instructors and mentors of Columbus KTC. And today's class will be on Karma Chagme Rinpoche's life and some of the books he has written. So this is a picture of Karma Chagme Rinpoche. He lived in the 1600s and we're gonna talk a lot about him. But I thought it would be good to just do a really quick introduction so why would I choose this? I mean, there's all these wonderful, profound talks I could be giving, which I'm, I really don't feel qualified to give. But I feel very blessed from having received so many teachings from Karma Chagme's text. So I thought I would just share um, kind of a little bit of this. Now, I'm looking at three different styles of information sources. So excuse me while my eyes go all over the place for a minute. So first, I thought I would share... Um, I have been part of Columbus KTC for 34 years and have been very blessed to have been and still a student of Kempo Karcher Rinpoche who passed in 2019 and in the sweet age in his 90s. Kempo Rinpoche always cared about his students. He cared that in the simplest, most profound way we could receive teachings and practice. And he had a wonderful connection with Karma Chagme Rinpoche, who I had never heard of before. But in 1999, he started teaching something called, and this is the book, uh, it's a four volume book, but it's really one book called Mountain Dharma. And this is a picture of Karma Chagme. This is a picture of my guru, Kempo Karcha Rinpoche. So, at that time, I don't always teach it, tell the story, but at that time, I was recovering from a really serious stroke. I had to learn to walk again. And Rinpoche asked my husband and I to come to the monastery as much as we could to get instructions. Because sometimes when you've had a sudden accident, you want to make sure that you remove any obstacles and get blessings. And it, it had been a pretty serious event in my life. And I wasn't working and my husband had a lot of vacation time. So we would travel 600 miles, about 12 hour drive to upstate New York. And Rinpoche would teach on a Friday evening. So we get there Friday evening and he would teach all of Saturday and Sunday. In the mornings on Saturday and Sunday, he would do about from about 1030 to noon. He would give a straight teaching uh, and his, the, our translator was, um, Lama Yeshe Gamso, and also um, Chujarada, both very skilled translators. 
And so he would teach in Tibetan and then um, they were translated into English. And by the way, since then, the book is now also translated into Chinese and it's on sale right now. And I know at least the English is at Namse Bangsa Bookstore, but I'll try and remember to mention that later. So he's teaching in the morning. What happens in the afternoon? Well, he has these amazing sessions called Questions and Answers. And the questions and answers, you can actually bring anything to the table, not just that what you just heard. And I think so many of us learn as much from the questions and answers than we do from the teachings because these are direct questions students are having about their practice, their challenges. And Rinpoche, in his, his sweet humor and profound wisdom, we just knew how to relax us and encourage us, encourage us to really bring forward what was blocking our practice. So he began teaching this text and it's a very long text he taught for many years and he didn't teach, usually when I would go to KTD Monastery, I would go for about a 10 day teaching. So you would drive all the way there and stay for 10 days, but here it was really short snippets. So you just go for a little bit of a teaching then go home and go back later. and then. Slowly over time, I learned it, this was going to be put into a book form so I didn't have to worry about my terrible notes. And um, it, it really had changed my life. So later I'll talk just a little bit about this book. But first I thought it would be nice to talk about who is this person called Karma Chagni? And I think the best place, instead of me trying to translate everything that Rinpoche said in the book, and the wonderful translators, I thought I would just read straight out of the book. Um, there is a short biography, and then later there's actually a namtar, which is a spiritual type of biography. Let me just first read about the short biography of Karma Chagme Rinpoche. So this is from Kempo Karcha Rinpoche's words. Karma Chagme was born in accordance with the prophecies of Guru Rinpoche in the Dukham area of Tibet, in the year 1613. So this is Eastern Tibet, Kalkam. His father was the Mahasiddha, would be a great practitioner, and his name was Pema Wandrak. And his mother, Che Kyong Ke, was a wisdom dakini. At the moment he was born, his father gave him the name Wandrak Sung and bestowed upon him his first empowerment. And for those of you that are not Buddhist, an empowerment literally empowers you to do a practice is a very special type of blessing so that you can do very specific deity practices. So the moment of his birth, he receives an empowerment. As a child, he was very accomplished in all aspects of study and Dharma practice. And by the time he was nine years old, he had received many empowerments and had become well known for his supreme intelligence and knowledge. Maybe you should take a moment and think about where you were at the age of nine. I know I wasn't there. I was busy playing. So, and it also says in the other biographies that his father had taught him how to read and write at the age of five. At 11, Karmachagme met pra sorry, Prawashara, from whom he received many empowerments, transmissions, and pointing out instructions. At 13, he began solitary Chenrezig retreat. Now, this is a theme in his life is the word retreat. He, he is an amazing retreat master. 
So at 13, he did his first solitary Chenrezig retreat. Chenrezig is a deity of great compassion. So in this practice, he would be learning how to develop more compassion for all living beings. After completing this retreat, he began to bestow empowerments and give reading transmissions and instructions to everyone who requested him to do so. So he would not only empower people to do the practice, but he would read the text to them. And then he would give all the fine points that are sort of hidden a little way in all the text. This way, they were able to really do the practice. So that was at 13. At the age of 20, he received full ordination vows from the 10th Karmapa Chuyung Dorje at Serpu Monastery and received the name Karma Chagme. Now the name Karma, we, most of us that have become Buddhists in the Karmakagyu lineage, our first name would be Karma, which is tied in with His Holiness, the Karmapa, and also means activity, but it's more because we are students of the Gyawa Karmapas. Chagme means non-attachment. So he's a beautiful name. So he was given the name Karma Chagme from the 10th Karmapa. From that time onward, he diligently served the Sangha at Tuptun Ningling Monastery of the Surmong tradition. For the next few years, Karma Chagme studied with and received many empowerments, transmissions, and pointing out instructions from His Holiness Karmapa including Mahamudra, Chakrasambara, Medicine Buddha, and Dorje Pagmo. He became quite well known and his fame greatly increased with his public examination of the Karmakagi Munlam in 1635. Between the ages of 11 and 37, Karma Chagme entered into solitary retreat for at least a few months every year in order to accumulate root and accomplishment mantras. There was not a single mantra he had not accomplished. During this time, he also received many auspicious visions, dreams, and signs of accomplishment of various deities. At some point, Karmachagme returned to his native region and built a retreat house at Palri. He resolved to accomplish Gyawa Gyamso, received the four empowerments in the dream from the 10th Karmapa Joyin Dorje, and soon after this, in 1615, at the age of 37, he began a strict 13-year retreat, persevering in the practice of Yawa Gyamso and Mahamudra. During this time, he wrote many texts and commentaries, including the Mountain Dharma called Riro Instructions for Mountain Retreat. And this he began writing in 1659. The same year, Karma Chagme recognized and enthroned the great Teraton Mingyu Dorje, who gave oral transmission lineage teachings for which Karma Chagme was the scribe. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit about them in a few, him in a few minutes. In 1663, at the age of 50, Karma Chagme ended his 13-year retreat, and he continued to greatly benefit beings, performing ceremonies and giving empowerments often attended by over 4,000 students. Karma Chagme perfected all possible stages of practice and every miraculous deed for the sake of benefiting beings. In 1678, the year of the earth horse, at the age of 66, Mahasiddha Karma Chagme Rinpoche 
announced to thousands that the time had come for him to change realms, and he passed away. Many signs occurred at the time of his death, including rainbows, clouds in the shapes of eight auspicious symbols, and countless images of Yawad Yamso, that is Red Chinrezi, and Dorje Padmo embossed on his bones. So that is a very, very brief summation of his life. But I think I really love it because I love having Rinpoche explain that. Now, a great, I'm going to look here to see if there's any questions. I don't think there's any questions yet. And thank you for everyone that's here today. I would like to first and foremost, um, I completely forgot to do refuge. I'm so sorry. I get so excited when I start doing this. So those of you that are Buddhist and are of our tradition, please join me in prayer. I'm going to do the refuge prayer. And those of you that are not Buddhist, um, please do whatever type of aspiration um, you wish to do using your own words for the benefit of others. I will say it twice in Tibetan, this prayer, and once in English. And if you're in the other school of Tibetan Buddhism or Buddhism, please do whatever introductory prayers you like to do. Please forgive me for forgetting to start. Let's do this now. Sanje Chodan Saki Chodanamla Chanchu Dani Yatsu Chi Dagi Gensu Ki Pesonamgi Drulaha Penchi Sanje Drubarsho Second time Sanje Chodan Saki in English, and the Buddha, his teachings and the order most excellent, I take refuge until I reach enlightenment. By the merits of generosity and other good deeds, may I attain enlightenment for the benefit of all living beings. Thank you for letting me do that now. I also apologize now for any mistakes I make during this type this teaching today. This is not really a teaching, I'm just sharing a little bit. So just kind of going over a few of the dates, Karmachami lived from 1613 to 1678. He's also known um, as Raga Ase. It's, this is often a, a name he uses, R-A-G-A-A-S-E. You'll often see it in sadhanas. So if this is how much, how widespread his activity was. If you do medicine Buddha practice in our lineage, um, he wrote the supplication and he also helped edit the text and was the scribe for uh, Mingyur Dorje. So Mingyur Dorje was a very famous Tertan uh, and did um, Sky Dharma. Um, he had revelations that came to him in mind Dharma of uh, different practices, including the medicine Buddha that practice that we use in our tradition. Also, um, the Amitabha practice comes from him and Karma Chagme wrote 
the aspiration for to be reborn in Sukhavati. He actually, that is his prayer because he was a, a wonderful writer. Also, um, the Chud practice a lot of us do called Milam um, Lunten, Parmachagni wrote that, and the Poa practice that we do. There's many different Poa practices and he did that. So he's influenced our lives a great deal of us, I think more than we'll ever realize. Um, he is, as, as Rinpoche had said, he was considered one of the most accomplished scholar, Yogi Mahasiddhas of Tibet, especially at that, even at that time. And he was of both Nyingma and Kagyu lineages. And he studied with over 50 teachers, major teachers, and he received so many different blessings and empowerments, as he had said. And But what's very unique about him, he um, often in his writings derides um, scholars a tiny bit. Always likes to emphasize practice and to learn different, go to different teachings and learn about them so that you can practice, not become a scholar. And his style, which reminds me a great deal of Kempo Karchin Rinpoche, was very clear yet very profound. So I thought today we would um, speak a little bit about that part of him, and I've spoken about his writings. Um, and then I also would like to read, so further I, I will just touch on this, the Namtar that's in the book Mountain Dharma that was written by Karma Chagme, sometimes a Namtar, so let's talk about what is a Namtar. It actually means, um, let's see, I think I actually have a note about Namtars. Namtar actually means record of liberation. So his Namtar is can either be by a student of a teacher or by the actual teacher. And his go through stating how he knows nothing, but then it, he'll start listing all these amazing empowerments he's had, spiritual experiences, where he's actually um, seen past lives. And um, Kemper Rinpoche said that somewhat of his his status, this is, it would be very normal for him to share all of these things and not to think in any way he was bragging. He's doing this for a purpose, to inspire. Everything he did was to inspire us to practice, particularly to do retreats. Yesterday, I did a tiny class on mini retreats. And he, in, his, in this book, particularly volume two, if you're ever interested in learning more about retreats, this is volume one, but volume two, really goes into a great deal of ways you want to set up a retreat. And what's so profound about these books. So when this was published, it wasn't published in volumes. We did this because of, of the teachings that we have. But he said just to put this on your pillow, on your bed, would be equivalent to having all your teachers there for your retreat instruction. Because often when people did retreat in ancient times, they would be hundreds of miles away from their teachers and they, and they didn't have email. They probably, didn't, I don't know, I'm sure they had mail of some kind. But they couldn't just, you know, pick up a phone and call their teacher and go, you know, I need to review this. But all that information is in here, is in all of these texts. So I hope that um, you have the opportunity to buy these. Right now, they're around $17 or $18, which is an amazing deal. These are soft bound, but they're very well bound. And they did an excellent job. Um, putting these together. They're just exquisite. 
So I hope that you have an opportunity to do that. All right, let's keep going with Karma Chagme. I'm yapping. Hold on. But his Namtar is very complex. I just wanted to share that. For me, it's complex. So let's talk a minute about the retreats. So he did a 13-year retreat. He wasn't alone. There were other people there doing retreat. And as with very high teachers often, people would start showing up wanting instruction. And at one point, a very humble person, genuine student came to him. I'm sorry, I forget his name. Someone here might put his name in for me. And he asked if he, if Rinpoche could please put all of these teachings into one book. He said there were so many different teachings out there about retreats. He asked if he could please put together a retreat manual. And he said to Karma Chagme, and I will write it for you because I think he must have injured his hand or something. So Karma Chagme asked him a lot of questions. And finally, he agreed. And so how could he be in solitary or retreat and to be talking to someone on the outside? Well, Kamarumashi said often there would be a wall there. So he had built a retreat cabin. I'm not sure if it was adjacent to a cave or what. In my mind, I always put a cave, but I, that's just me. So let's say there's a retreat cabin. And there's a hole in it somewhere so that the person in the retreat could talk to someone on the outside if they need to talk back and forth. And there's even a hole big enough that they could put their hand out and bless someone on the head if they needed that. So for years, this person sat there and wrote down everything, no matter what the weather. And because of his incredible sacrificing his whole life to do that, we all benefit from this text. So it, um, it's rather miraculous that that's how it was put together. Well, when Herman Chagme finished um, his 13 years of retreat, he continued, he just kept teaching everywhere and all over Tibet. He was invited by people of every background, monasteries, lay people, politicians, you, you name it, everyone um, wanted some teachings. And he did so. And it is said that after he left his body, it was really hard to bring it all together because it, they were just spread everywhere. There were so many teachings. But I think my favorite story is when he went to Lhasa to see um, the fifth Dalai Lama. So again, I'm going to rely on Kemper Rinpoche because he did such a beautiful job in the story. So here's the story. He says, as always, Karma Chagme writes in the tradition of a great teacher. That is, one who always humbles himself. There's a famous story about him in this regard. During the time of the fifth Dalai Lama, Karma Chagme visited Lhasa, the capital of Tibet. By then, he had already become popular and was written and had written and delivered many teachings. The Dalai Lama sent a monk to see who this individual was, who had written so many explanations of the Dharma. Consequently, Karma Chagme went to visit him. After they paid each other respects by offering scarves, His Holiness the Dalai Lama said to Karma Chagme that in order to have the right to compose commentaries or explanations on Lord Buddha's teachings, an individual must have three qualities. First, the person should be very learned in all fields of philosophy and science and Buddhism. Second, they should have achieved a direct vision of a deity, of the deity. 
Third, this individual should have achieved a high realization in meditation. And the Dalai Lama asked him, which do you have? Karmachagme answered, none. I have none of these qualities. Now, I should say to all of you, in those days, it was very strict who could basically publish Dharma books. And, and, and he, by then, had already published hundreds, hundreds of commentaries and, and hundreds. So I think it's very interesting, the timing of this. And I love his humility. So he said, none, right? And the Dalai Lama was taken aback by this answer and thought, that it would not be appropriate for such a person to write commentaries on teachings. After all, did Karmachagma himself not say that he had lacked the necessary qualities? If one person did this, then another one would, and soon Tibet would be filled with teachers who were not really realized at all. Because Karmachagma seemed to be very nice, humble monk, the Dalai Lama said, come back tomorrow and we will discuss this. So the Dalai Lama contemplated what to do. He knew that it would not be appropriate to let the teachings of an unqualified teacher spread around Tibet. There must be some punishment that would instill fear in other people who lack necessary qualities and thus deter them from writing commentaries. The problem was what punishment to give him. The Dalai Lama came to the conclusion that perhaps cutting or breaking Karmachagmi's thumb and index fingers would be effective and because then he could no longer write. And the punishment would be severe enough to be a detriment to others. This is what the Dalai Lama was thinking when he went to bed. That night, the Dalai Lama dreamed of Amitabha. In the dream, he saw him carrying a knife and trying to cut the thumb and index fingers off of Amitabha's hands. He awoke immediately with a certainty that the monk he had interviewed the day that day was an emanation of Amitabha. The next day when Karmachagami came before him, His Holiness paid respect and homage to him as an emanation of Amitabha. And he told Karmachagami there would be no restrictions on his writings and teachings. Therefore, when Karmachagami begins this chapter, he, he says, I am not a master of the winds, nadis, and channels, and so on. We need to remember that this is the manner in which this teacher always presents himself, and that what he really is, is an emanation of Amitabha himself. Isn't that a great story? You know, Kimball Karcher Rinpoche um, was, is a famous storyteller. And what's, I, don't, I swear I'm not getting the cut for this book, but in the back of so whenever Kemperumashe teaches a lot, suddenly a story will come, he'll, he'll share it. So actually in all of these books, go to the back and you can look up all the stories he told. Um, they were usually during Q&A, but not always. Oh yes, that was, thank you someone. Thank you, Adam. Someone wrote that the uh, monk that was the one that wrote down, basically was the scribe for this book was Sundru Gyam. So thank you so much. Um, so thank you everyone for all your comments. I really appreciate you being here today. So um, moving on, we have half an hour. I, I'm not gonna take another half hour, I'm sure of that. But um, because there's just so much to cover here with the book and I don't necessarily wanna cover the whole book today, but let me go through a few other things that he did right. Today's show and tell in my room. 
So I mentioned he wrote this book. There's four volumes. And um, you can go online to Namze Bangso is our monastery. Um, I think I found a receipt in one of these. Hold on, let me see if I can find a Namze Bangso receipt. So I can give you the name spelled out nicely. It's so fun to go through when I'm getting ready for a talk. I bring out like a thousand books. Aha, I think this is it. No, not it. Oh, well. Anyway, we have our books. Someone can maybe write, I can maybe write Namse Bangso later. But that's where we get most of our books from our center for, I mean, for our practices. So, but he also wrote many other books. Uh, another very famous one is Union of Mahamudra and Dzogchen. This is one based on the 10-day teachings of Kempo Karcher Rinpoche did for about six or seven years, starting in 2000, where he taught Parmachagma's Union of Mahamudra and Dzogchen. This is a beautiful text on Lundro, on Chenrezig practices, on deity practices, and it also, of course, talks about Ma Mudra and Dzogchen, but, um, but it talks about everything else also. So it's very beautiful. And also, what is unique about this is, this has, because it's from attendee teaching, it's just full of questions and answers, which in my opinion are just worth the price of admission. Because no matter what, whenever you come to a question and answer section of Kempo Karch, I think sometimes instead of me teaching classes, I should just start reading the questions and answers from different books because I find them to be so profound. Let's see. Karma Jimpa said, curious that earlier you said that he had, or, yeah, I don't know anything about why he hurt his hand, but that's what um, Sundru had said to him when he came to basically have the interview to see if he could have the job and to help write this text. Also, um, while Karma Chagme was in the 13-year retreat. Um, there came to he had a vision, and there came to his attention of a young um, Toko was born, and this is Minjur Dorje. This is not. I don't think he's directly related with um, young Minjur Dorje, who's around today. This is a different um, teacher. He is the one um, had all the visions of Sky Dharma. He lived it. Uh, he lived a short life. He had a lot of emotional problems. And whenever he would have the experience of receiving um, different texts that would come to him and different visions, um, physically he would look a little unusual on the outside. And no monastery wanted him, basically. The Nyingma said, no, we're, we're not sure. And he knew he could recall his entire past and everything. But, you know, politics are, are rough even back then. So um, Karma Chagme realized that they had been connected for many lifetimes and took him in and gave him different empowerments. And then over time, um, Minjur Dorje gave him empowerments. So, and he died at a very young age, but um, for the most part, Karma Chagme, um, whenever Minjur Rinpoche would have visions, um, he would start saying things out loud or maybe go say the text out loud and he would write it all down for him. So um, our Vrintara texts, our Omitabha texts, as I said, Medicine Buddha, so many of our sadhanas are from basically both of them, blessed by both. So it's pretty amazing. So I think one last thing before I read um, a very 
beautiful note by Kimper Rinpoche was, I thought I would share with you the last time I saw my guru was all around Karma Chagme. Back in August, September 2019, Kemper Rinpoche had already organized for his students to receive the reading transmission of the collected works of Karma Chagme. And he had the year before spoken with a wonderful Lama, Lama Topton from Trongo Monastery in Tibet to come. He's a famous Umze. He's the most beautiful voice. And he came and he read this, these books and they brought all hundred of them and put the volume, put their, if you know what a Tibetan Pecha looks like, it was a long, narrow, they put them all on the shrine. There's a very special shrine in the shrine room. It's not the main shrine, the, the side, big elaborate shrine. And people from between nine and 12 and two to five every day, he would come in, sit down, and just start reading. And you were to sit down and be quiet. There would be a break, morning and afternoon for a second. Um, and very few people had the karma to be able to be there. Not We did not know at the time that Kempo Rinpoche was actively dying. And he could not be physically downstairs to attend it. So he had a speaker put in his room upstairs. So Rinpoche was upstairs the whole time. My husband and I came just for a weekend and I realized how profound it was. And we were actually able to, my husband went up and said goodbye to Rinpoche because he, they both have a, this unusual connection. And so he gave my husband this beautiful blessing. Then he just hit me on the head. And um, that's when I saw the speaker and they told me that he was listening to it all day long whenever it was going. And then um, on the very last day of this, it was, probably one of the last days in September, um, Kim Rinpoche came down the stairs and the text had been moved from the one place to the very middle of the main shrine in front of Shakyamuni Buddha. It was very powerful to look at. And he had, it was, all these ceremonies were done, thanking everyone. And then when we went up to make offerings to Rinpoche, he had taken the first sadhana of Karma Chagme's works he held that. He gave the middle one to Lama Topin and the end one, excuse me, the middle one to Kempo Ujin, who's now there at KTD, and the end one to Lama Topin. So we got bonked. My biggest goal for the whole weeks, all that time I've been there, was to get bonked on the head. And I got bonked on the head. My karma talk was I was so excited. Now, I have to tell you, very few people had the karma to be there for that whole reading. Lama Kathy was there. I was so grateful to Lama Kathy, to um, to Lama Karma for encouraging her to be there, for all the people that helped support her while she was there for that. She got the whole reading transmission. Sue Ellen Steinmetz from Columbus KTC did. Very few people were there to get the whole thing. And so um, I was able to go back for the last week. I stayed for a whole week and then begged uh, Marilyn, Stephen, and a few other people came also, and I think Julaine, and um, it, it was just very, and Olivia was there, it was, it was very, and Helen Theory. So at least some of us from Columbus KTC were there at the end to get the profound instruction. And there were a lot of extra instructions on the very last day. So that was the last time I saw my guru in person, 
in the presence of Chagme's text. So it doesn't get much better than that. So it's six minutes after. So I'm going to just read one more thing. So in essence, um, I think the most important way to really learn more about Chagme is to practice. And when you're practicing, I hope you always spend a little time reading something to fine-tune and encourage your practice to get even better. I mean, some of us are naturally very good at that. I'm not, so I have to read something to keep going. But um, I thought, I told you that Kimber Rumshe did a great deal of Q&A during all of this. And I think sometimes we forget why we practice. And this was at the very last Q&A one day uh, during the Namtar section, which was the, so Namtar, I just touched on it earlier. So when you hear of a regular biography, people talk about maybe what success they had, but a Namtar is a spiritual biography or called hagiography. I like the word Namtar since it ha has that very direct meaning. And of um, you know, a recording of their liberation. And so they often talk about the steps that were taken, who they studied with, what empowerment they had, maybe what challenges they had. And if it's written by a student, they would never talk about that. They would only talk about everything in a very flowery language. So I like the fact that in this book, there is a Namtar written by Karmachagme. It's very direct, and, but very inspiring. But, but at the end of that, Someone had a very poignant question for Rinpoche. She's, the person said, first, I want to thank you for your great sacrifice in coming to America and making the teaching available to us. Would you tell us, after so many lives and studying and staying on the path, how would any human being know within themselves when they have taken that first step, that first step towards becoming a realized being? This is Rinpoche's answer. In response to your first comment, I came out of Tibet to India, not because I wanted to teach, but because I was afraid of the communists. I had to escape from my country. It was not a choice. In addition, my coming to America from India was at the command of my guru, His Holiness, the 16th Gyawa Karmapa. If such teaching is of any benefit, you must thank His Holiness, not me. In answer to your question, the step-by-step -step explanation of the path to enlightenment often makes it sound as if enlightenment is very difficult. But in reality, enlightenment is not as different, difficult as it sounds. It all depends upon an individual's exertion and diligence in the practice. There are several positive circumstances in our favor First, as was explained, there are beings in all six realms. As beings in the human realm, we are in the most fortunate one because we can receive the teachings of enlightenment. We are all human beings and therefore we are able to study and practice. Second, even if one is a human, having the wish or thought to participate in Buddha Dharma is very rare. The mind that is drawn to Buddha Dharma has a tremendous accumulation of merit developed in previous lifetimes. 
we ourselves are participating now in Buddha Dharma, so it is obvious that those of us who are participating now and who have participated in the past have accumulated such merit. Third, it is said that you have to have had tremendous accumulation of merit, not only to participate in Dharma, but especially to participate and engage yourself in the practice of Vajrayana, Tantrayana. All of you are practicing Tantrayana teachings, showing both ability and willingness of mind or an interest. This definitely shows that you have participated in the accumulation of tremendous merit in your past lives. Enlightenment is not really that far away. It is said that if you're using the Sutrayana tradition of sincerely practicing pure loving kindness and compassion towards all sentient beings, in one second that practice can burn away accumulation of the negative karma of many lifetimes. That is the power and strength of such pure love and compassion. If you're sincerely participating in deity practices, you can burn the accumulation of negative karma for hundreds of kalpas in a single instant. In my own understanding, we are not walking step by step to enlightenment. In some sense, I feel we are jumping to enlightenment. However, as you jump, whether you remain where you land or jump again higher and farther depends upon you as an individual. Will you be diligent in your practice? That is the question that you have to ask yourself. Will you be diligent in your practice? You must not think of enlightenment as merely a slow step-by-step -step process, but understand that it's being totally possible in one instant if your mind is put into the practice. So you see, enlightenment is not really that far away. I thought that was so, so poignant. Yes, Karmachimba, Namtar is spelled using N-A-M-T-H-A-R. So I don't think I have anything more to say. Just, you shouldn't even be here. You should just be practicing right now. I'm just a distraction. So I thank you all so much for being here today. And I ask that we spend a moment, let's all close our eyes. This has been a rough year, no question. And it doesn't seem like it's going away. There's so much suffering in so many ways, so many side effects. This is truly samsara at work. I pray and dedicate all of your merit all the merit of all living beings, particularly of our beloved gurus and the teachers of the past, of the Karmakadu lineage, who continually inspire us. May it remain fresh. May it remain pure. And may we all have the ability to hear and experience this someday. And I also dedicate the merit of everyone here that is listening to this. May all of your strengths and merit, may you offer that to others that do not have those opportunities at this time. It is said that we are here because of those in the past that dedicated their merit. Thank you so much, everyone.
I hope you have a lovely day. So see you all later. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this week's Dharma Talk. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. To learn more about the Columbus Karma Teksum Choling or to donate to support our Dharma Talk series, please visit our website at columbusktc.org. The opening and closing music for the podcast is Tibetan Flute Song by Tamding Arts at tamdingarts.com. Please join us again next week for another Dharma Talk.